Welcome to this week's episode of Parenting with Play. This week we're going to talk about how you can help your child build resilience. We know that it's so important for our children to have resilience in the face of adversity, but how can we actually do that? What's the best way of helping your child be confident when dealing with challenging situations? I'm Helena Mooney, and if you're wanting practical, respectful and effective strategies to help transform your everyday parenting challenges with connection and fun, then you're in the right place. Let's dive in. It's such an important thing, isn't it, to be able to help our children to have resilience, to be able to cope with the inevitable challenges that life is going to throw at them you know whether that's them being disappointed that they can't have another biscuit or watch another tv program or whether it's being out in the world and being surrounded by other children and another child is going to be mean to them maybe hit them maybe take something from them we can't control every situation Maybe it's that your child is desperate to play with another with a toy that another child has got right now or that they're in the shop with you and they're desperate to get any toy that they can see in the shop and they really, really want it. I mean, you know that situation, isn't it, when you have to keep saying no or then you give in. How can we help our children with those, you know, inevitable disappointments, which start off when they're little, but it can get bigger to like not being invited to a birthday party when they're at school, which, you know, I bet you can remember how that feels when you were little. And maybe you experience that now as an adult. You know, life is always going to throw things at us and at our children that is disappointing, that is difficult. So our role as a parent becomes not from protecting and stopping anything bad from happening to our children, because firstly, it's not possible. You you will exhaust yourself if you think that that's what you, you know, your role as a parent. And they have that role, that, um, that term for it, don't they? The snowplow parent, which, you know, is just another way of belittling us parents for wanting to do well for our children. But that image of trying to smooth everything in front of your child, that there's never going to be any disappointment, there's never going to be anybody being mean to them, there's never going to be any hurt, is just not a realistic way of living and having that expectation that you will be able to do that. And then also thinking that that is good for your child, because of course, some disappointment is inevitable and it's helpful. Now, when I'm talking about this, I'm not talking about big stuff that could happen to your children, because then, of course, our, as parents, that is our job to protect our children from the really nasty repercussions or nice, nasty things that are out there. That is our role to protect our children from that. I'm talking about the everyday things that are going to happen to your children, you know, that they're going to fall over and maybe they are going to break an arm or they're going to graze their knee how to help them with those situations that's ultimately helpful because our children are learning all the time, as you know. So if they don't have the experiences of frustration, of hurt, of disappointment when they're little and you can help them, they're going to find it really hard to deal with those things when they are out in the world and they will need to cope with it. So by you being with them and helping them at whatever age it is, whether it's a baby or a toddler or a primary school child or, you know, heading into tweens and teens, you really can help your children to deal with this so that they then will be more confident in similar situations and as they get older. 
I remember when my daughter was a baby, I thought that I would just do everything right and she would never have any need to be upset. And I couldn't understand why she was then still being upset, even though I thought I was doing everything right. And, you know, having that understanding that our children are going to get upset by no matter what you do, they're still going to find some reason to be upset. And that children have a need for emotional release, which is what we talk about on this podcast, is how to help our children with their emotions. So stop exhausting yourself if this is something you're trying to do. If you're trying to placate your child and stop them from ever getting upset or disappointed or hurt, that's just not possible. And it's not helpful for your child. It is helpful for your child to experience these things as they grow up. Your job as a parent, our job as a parent is to help our children with the feelings that come up as a result of those experiences. To be the oasis amongst this big world that they need to navigate to be the person that they can always come to when they are upset or embarrassed or cross or disappointed and hurt, that we can help them with those feelings. Because the more that you can help your child with the feelings about whatever it is that has upset them, the more that they can release those feelings with you, the better able they are going to be to be able to cope in similar situations as they get older. Because Working with parents as I do, and you will know that you have triggers, you have things which set you off, which to the outside world is like, why are you getting upset about this? But it can be a really big trigger for you. Like if, you know, everyday experiences of say not being invited to a party as an adult can take you back to those times when perhaps you were excluded from a group of girls or boys at school And so we can have a really big reaction to something which is just an everyday part of life. But we have those big reactions because of something that's happened to us that's unresolved when we are when we were a child. Which is why, you know, your husband or your partner could get upset about something that you're just going, I don't know why you're getting hurt about that. Or likewise, you know, you can be so upset and devastated and worried and overwhelmed and all these sort of things. And your partner's looking at you going, what on earth are you making such a fuss about? This is because of triggers that we have had or experiences that we have had when we were children that have not been resolved. And so what happens with them is that they get bigger and bigger and that they stay within us. And when we're an adult, the slightest thing can set us off because that's unhealed hurt. So by you helping your children with these experiences to help them with their emotions as they are children and as they go through life, it means that they're not going to be carrying so much of that hurt as they are older, which then helps them to be more confident in those situations and ultimately more resilient. So you might be wondering, okay, well, what does this look like? So say your child is upset that they really want to play with that toy that either their brother or that a friend or some random child at the playgroup or at the park has. Your job then is to help them with the feelings about desperately wanting that toy. And often those experiences stem from pre-other hurts. So you can see how it sort of compounds here. So your child can have this desperate desire to have that toy and you might think well I need to help that other child to share that other child needs to share that toy because 
look how upset my child is. And if only my child could have that toy, then they're going to be okay. Then they're going to heal that hurt. But that doesn't happen. That doesn't help. Your child might be temporarily happy that you, they've now got that toy or you've bought it from the supermarket or wherever. But ultimately, that child, your child then hasn't been able to express themselves to release the feelings that were leading them to be so desperate about having that toy, for example. So those feelings stay, stay stuck inside. That's such a hard thing to say. Those feelings stay stuck and they're not resolved. Or say your child has been not invited to a birthday party, for example, and you just try and placate them. OK, we're going to do this other thing. And, we'll, you know, you try and make it better for them because it's too painful for you to even hear that your child is so upset about that hurt, about not being invited to a birthday party, because you remember how upsetting it is. So you don't want your child to be hurt by it. So therefore, you might distract them or placate them or buy them something exciting to replace the fact that they haven't been invited to that birthday party, something that's going to help them to not feel that pain and that hurt and that disappointment. So can you see how by you doing that, they're not actually addressing or releasing those feelings about the hurt. And we do it for really good reasons, because you don't want your child to be at hurt. You don't want them to be disappointed. You definitely don't want another child to be hitting them around the head with a truck or whatever it is. So then you might go, well, that child just needs to stop doing that. And of course, that child who's being hurtful to that, you know, in the instance of hitting them around the head with a truck, you know, that child needs to be addressed and helped not to do that behavior. But the more that you can help your child with the hurt, with the disappointment, with the embarrassment, with whatever it is that they're, they're holding or they're experiencing, the more that they can release it. So say in the instance of the birthday party, you then hear your child in their sadness about not being invited to the birthday party or not having that toy in the supermarket. I know you really want that toy. You really wanted to go to that birthday party. And your child might have a really big cry about it. And it can appear that, oh gosh, that's too upsetting for your child to feel it, so therefore we need to stop the crying. But actually the crying is what helps your child to release the hurt to release the disappointment, to release the upset or the the um, the sadness about it. And because they're crying with you, they get to release it with you. And when they've done that, they then won't be carrying it so much anymore. Whereas if you try and fix it, if you try and, okay, I'll buy you the toy, so you just stop crying. Okay, I'll get you the toy. Or, you know, I don't know, let's try and get them invited to the birthday party. Or let's try and do something nice to to stop them from being upset about the birthday party they're not having that opportunity to release the feelings. So the upset is there bubbling away just beneath the surface so that when that instance happens again, when you're next at the supermarket or the the shopping mall and your child is desperate for a toy, the, the feelings could be even bigger and the tension could be even louder because there's unresolved feelings and hurt and upset in there. So when you can help your child with each incident that comes up, you know, when they come home from daycare and they've been hit by so-and-so, uh, you know, in the, in the room with them, 
then you can really offer the empathy. You can really listen to their tantrum that results from that, that hurt or listen to their feelings and their sadness about it. When you do that on an ongoing basis, they aren't carrying so much hurt with them. Patty Whitford from Hand in Hand, she talks about an emotional backpack and how full your child's emotional backpack is. So if your child has never had the opportunity to cry about their upset and their disappointment, it is just building up inside of that backpack. So that the next time, maybe it's even a slight disappointment, a slight hurt or a slight mean word from somebody else, they just can't cope anymore because this backpack is full and overflowing with all of these feelings that are still, you know, unresolved within them. Whereas when you can help your child and you're not going to get it right every time, you know, you're not going to catch it every time. But when you can help them as much as you can to really hear those feelings about the disappointment, the hurt, the sadness, whatever, that backpack's not filling up. You're, they're emptying it out with each opportunity to connect and to be heard with you. It's very freeing. It's a very freeing experience as a parent as well, because it's going, okay, I can't, I can't protect them from everything. We're talking everyday stuff, not big things. Um, but even if your child has experienced big trauma, this, this still applies that you can help them with the feelings so that they're not carrying it. And then they become more confident in the next situation because they're not carrying the hurt from the past experiences, which then makes them more resilient. So this is the opposite of the old way of just like, well, they've just got to get on with it. Your child's just got to learn to cope. You know, this is happening. This is the harshness, harsh reality of life. We'll just get on with it, suck it up and get on with it. This is not that. This is also accepting that the harsh things will happen, but this is really actively, proactively helping your child to cope with those things. So there's often a fear that going, oh my God, my child's going to fall to pieces every time something bad happens to them. And when they're little, yes, they will cry a lot. And that is fantastic because they're getting to offload the hurts each time that something bad happens to them. But as they get older, you will notice your child will then be able to cope um, you know, if another child is being a bit tricky or a bit mean or not letting them have the toy that they, they want straight away, they'll be able to cope with things much, much better because they're dealing with it in the moment without having so much of the hurt of the past experiences. That's how you build resilience. That's how you build confidence in the situation, not by just telling them to get on with it, but by really helping them with each experience that they bring to you and then you, they get to offload the feelings. Now, I've talked a lot about crying, which is such a big part of it. But this is where play also comes in. You know, you can make playful situations like role playing the situation that they experienced. And instead of it being like a really sad, upsetting experience, it can be really silly and playful and you can laugh about it. Think about the times that you felt shame and embarrassment, like maybe somebody's ridiculed you or somebody was mean to you and you just feel so embarrassed, so ashamed. That shame's really stuck there because it, it hasn't ha had an outlet. So the next time somebody says something mean to you, oh, you're right back there. Whereas when you can laugh about it, when you can play or, around it, and this is where it's being careful about not, you know, your child doesn't think you're mocking the whole situation. So, you know, you need to sort of balance with where it is. But when you can play and laugh and be silly about something that was quite upsetting, 
And you obviously need to read where your child is at. If they're in tears, then don't play. Listen to the listen to the tears. But if you know, you can be silly about things and and joke. And that laughter that they um, they la- the laughter that they have with you is all part of releasing the upset feelings, so that they're not carrying it. So I hope that that's helpful, and I hope you can see that how we will talk more about our own triggers, but our the big triggers that we have as adults often do stem from childhood hurts. So when you can help your child with the hurts whilst they're still in childhood, they're going to be so much more able to cope with whatever's thrown at them as they get older. So it's not about protecting your children from every, every slight, every hurt, every sort of difficult difficulty. It's about supporting them whilst they do that. So that they, a circle of security teach about, you know, toddlers, that they will start off with you, then they will go out, explore the world and come back again. And that's exactly what we keep doing as parents. You know, I've got a tween. She's going to go out, explore the world, have difficulties, experience it and then come back. And my job is to help her when she comes back is to help her like and this is also different from talking about things and analyzing i have done a podcast about how feelings need to be felt rather than talked about so it's helpful to get your children to name feeling she oh, it's not helpful to get your children to name things sorry our children need to feel it so instead of going oh tell me about that thing and what could you have done differently sometimes when when we're full of feelings we can't think straight So that's why the laughter is so helpful. That's why the crying and the raging and the falling apart is so helpful with you. Because when they do that, their mind will clear. And so often in those difficult situations where we're trying to come up with solutions as adults and telling them what to do, and it can be so frustrating when you go, you can see clearly how your child could manage a situation better, but they're just not, they're just not willing to to engage with it. Often that is because they've got full of feelings. And when you're full of feelings, you can't think straight. So when they've had a laugh with you, when they've had a cry with you, their mind will clear, they'll be able to think better. And often they will then come up with a really good situation in how they could handle it, either to go back and address the situation or how they could handle it better in subsequent situations. So allowing your children to have their feelings, to fall apart about it, to to find ways of joking about it and laughing about it it just helps to dissipate the feelings helps them to release it and then they'll be able to cope much much better in the immediate future and longer term too you really are helping to help build your child's resilience by helping them with their emotions all right i hope that's helpful i'd love to hear how that is for you, whether you can now start to think about, well, what's my triggers? You know, where does that come from as my childhood and how to help your child on an ongoing basis with things that are going to happen to them inevitably and that you can really, really help them by listening, by bringing play and just by being there and understanding that they need the emotional help, which is then going to then help them in future problems that they're going to challenges that they're going to have. They're going to be able to cope with it much, much better. All right, have a great week and I'll speak to you next time. I hope you enjoyed this week's episode and you can see how you can implement what we talked about today with your children and family. Be sure to hit subscribe in your podcast app to know when each episode is released and I would love it if you could leave a review and share with your friends. 
And if you want to shout less and connect more, head over to parentingwithplay.com.au to download my quick guide of five simple games which you can start playing straight away. You really can transform your everyday parenting challenges with connection and fun. So have a great week and enjoy playing. Enjoy playing.